art, innovation, and curation. The three tentpoles of the arts organization Pigment International. This is a black canvas focusing on innovation in black culture with your host, Pigment International founder Patricia Andrews Keenan. Artist Carrie James Marshall has said, you have to demonstrate that black is richer than it appears to be, that it is not just darkness, but a color. Here on the Black Canvas podcast, we explore that richness with black artists, collectors, curators, and others in the black art ecosystem. Take a listen. This is Patricia Andrews Keenan, the founder of Pigment International, a multimedia platform. We're talking to you from Expo Chicago. Expo Chicago is one of the largest contemporary art shows in the Midwest, and we're serving as a media sponsor for this year's event. What's wonderful about it is it brings artists from all across the world to Chicago, and we are very fortunate to have two of them with us, our cover artist for our Pigment Magazine Fall Winter 2021-22 magazine, Rewa is here in the studio with us. She came in from Nigeria, and we have Ariana Vake. She's an artist in Milwaukee who is joining us as well. I'd like to start with Rewa, and I find this very interesting because we actually found her work on Instagram last year, and it was so striking to us that we wanted to have that work on the cover of our magazine. And since then, Even though Rewa is based in Nigeria, we've been able to meet for the second time Mm -hmm. here in Chicago. So I just find it a real blessing to us that she has been able to join us. So first, I'd like to introduce her. I want her to tell you a little bit about her career. What you're going to find with our guest today is they're both artists and they're both amazing artists, but they both came to art from different perspectives, one beginning their career from the begin- from the early years of their life and one starting a little later. So first, Rima, would you say hi and then give our audience a little bit of history about you and what brought you here to Chicago today? Okay. Hello, I'm Rima, a visual artist from Nigeria. Um, thank you to the Pigment International team, firstly, for having me um, grace the cover of your winter edition. Thank you for that. Um, So I came in specifically for Expo Chicago. Um, Thank you for having me. I began my art career a bit later. Um, I started in 2016. Um, I worked in the financial services industry for all my life, you know, upon graduation from university. And so the art, being an artist, was something um, a bit accidental, but also serendipitous. Um, I began, as I said, in 2016. And it was social media really that catapulted me to kind of where I am today because the, you know my presence on social media led me to being discovered by various galleries um, and various creators who then you know were enamored with my work and were kind enough to include me in shows and um, take me on board as part of programs um, and such so it's just been a, a a blessed whirlwind, a blessed roller coaster and I'm just um, excited to see where the journey goes now that I'm on it I can't get off. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Thanks so much. And then I'd like to bring Ariana in to talk a little bit about her trajectory and when she first got started in art. 
Hi, thank you. Um, this is Ariana Vaith. I am. I got. I got started in art relatively young. I had a lot of encouragement um, from people around me. Just was. I was very much poured into um, by family members and um, go, attending some uh, public uh, schools in Baltimore County that were magnet programs and. There, I was really, really cherished oil painting, and that kind of moved me to Milwaukee, Milwaukee Institute of Art and Design, and based me there. Very good. And both of you have very different styles, but both have very compelling styles. Uh, Rewa, as you would read in our magazine, we, mm-hmm. we refer to her as the technicolor artist. <laughs> uh, she has transcended what people think of as traditional looking people. And she presents her people in a technicolor way. Mm-hmm. And I wanted her to tell you a bit about how she developed that style. And if you could see her today, <laughs> when you even see her dress, you'll see she wears vivid and bright <laughs> colors. And I think think they're very reflective of the subjects that she puts in her work. So tell us a little bit how you developed that style. Yeah. So it's funny because I think when people begin painting, you can, over the years, you can see a migration of, of, or evolution of, you know, how they came to arrive at their current style. But for me, it was something that I landed on from day one in 2016 when I began painting. And the more I think about it, so I studied physiology and pharmacology as my degree. And I think that my subjects, the way I sort of um, segment the skin, is quite anatomical. Some some of them can look a bit skeletal. It looks like you're seeing the anatomy beneath the skin. And I think the more I, I reflect on the style, I believe that's where it came from. Looking at all those textbooks of the human body, I believe that that's where my style came from. Now, in terms of the colors, as you can see, I <laughs> I'm wearing lime green today. I love I love colors. Um, they make me happy. And so I didn't want to limit my subjects to having brown skin because I paint, you know, my people. I didn't want to limit us to to just brown or black skin. I wanted to be able to make us red or be able to make us purple so that they're easily identifiable to anybody who, you know, is looking at the piece. And also it it it, it enables me to convey moods. So um Sumter in pink jeans. He's in his bright pink jeans, but his colors are a bit more somber because he's he's reflecting. Um, and so the h- colors help me to convey messages beyond the underlying narrative that I then, you know, write about a piece. So that's sort of how my style developed in terms of the colors and how I segment the skin and that technicolor approach that, that you talk about. Uh, the pink has been our color of choice at Expo <laughs> Chicago. So <laughs> all our team has been wearing, wearing pink, pink each day. Mm-hmm. So thank you for that. Um, Ariana, you paint in oils, which isn't something you see all the time. Acrylic seems to be more of the norm. So tell us a little bit how you came to pick oil painting as your medium of choice. Oil painting uh, started when I was 15, um, and the school was Carver Center for the Arts and Technology. That's the one based in in Baltimore. And we all kind of Everyone kind of started with oil painting, and I got really familiar with the longevity of how, you know, you can walk away from it. This oil, is everything's going to take a long time. Um, and at first, you're fighting the muddiness of working in paints. And then uh, I slowly began to appreciate, like, that just the time and also, like, the different textures of 
when it's drying, like maybe I like the tackiness or maybe when I rub something out, I kind of also appreciate the kind of echo it leaves behind when making textures. And for one thing like about, my, about my work that um, I kind of was realizing with um, Reba's work um, was about the color choicing. And for me, it's like really about pattern choices and kind of being able to build uh, those spaces um, with layering. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really relate to how I, I think when I think about our work and um, the fashion choices, I think are really integral to both of us. And it's really cool seeing you in person and um, also seeing your work. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, absolutely. And also, <laughs> I mean, also down to like kind of the, uh, every texture going mm-hmm. on. Mm-hmm. So um, there's something definitely resonating mm-hmm. with um, image making and figure making and being able to tell a story around the figure in, um, in these spaces. And I think that's, I feel like why painting is so important, I think, <laughs> because you can make the image yourself mm-hmm. and like kind of stretch it with your, from your resources, um, whether they be photographic or from life or from imagination. Very good. Um, I like that you guys are here because you're both at different phases in your careers. And I think the being exposed to other artists is helpful as well. It helps other all the artists grow when you can be exposed to okay. things together. Um, both of you do figurative work. Mm-hmm. And Rewa, I'm going to start with you. Who are these people that we're seeing in your work? <laughs> who are these colorful people mm-hmm. who you're painting? How did you meet them? Who are they? So most of my female subjects tend to be my younger sister, which is why sometimes people say, oh, you know, you make a lot of self-portraits. I don't. Um, it's her, but we just look so similar that people assume it's me. And in her former life, she was a professional model. So if I ask her to create certain pieces or poses for me in a certain setting, she gets it instantly. If I try to use myself, I'm so clunky. <laughs> oh I can't, goodness. I can't, you know, I can't master it. I really realize modeling is an art form in itself, you know. So she's my main muse for the female subjects. For the male subjects, it's a friend of mine, um, Danila Gray. Um, from Nigeria as well. He's the character I call Kaito with the silver hair. And um, other people are an amalgamation of features that I like from from people I meet. So like with you, Patricia, I like your hair. You know, I like Ariana's eyes. So I may merge a subject together and make one of the two of you or, or four people, you okay. know, for example. Or sometimes it may just be purely from imagination. But most of the times, the the two people I just, you know, the aforementioned people tend to be my um, my main muses. And for you, Ariana, um, I know you're very much about showing your interior life and bringing your friends and your family into your work. Tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Uh, the subjects of my pieces are primarily myself and other, um, I mean, a lot of Milwaukee-based art, I mean, a lot of artists like just in my ecosystem, um, Linnea Sproles, uh, Molly Hassler, uh, Cecilia Palacios, um, people who are also making images, um, but also who are super important to me um, and in that time frame. And I think that was um, also another really interesting point that Rewa was saying about kind of amalgamation of like um, different types of figures, because that also kind of puts in a very specific kind of moment. Um, and I'm thinking about, for me, like, the pieces have an expiration date. Like, I need to, like, make something before the idea kind of, like, mm-hmm. kind of like, gets lost. So, like, 
I'm like really like kind of regardless of like I guess like my relationship with the model at the current moment like I really like appreciate their time with them and that space shared so that's really what the work um, kind of kind of blooms from very nice um we were talking about inspirations mm-hmm. on the way over. So when you think about your artistic inspirations, were there any, Rewa, were there any artists past, present that you looked at as you came into this? Or do you think everything kind of grew fully from your experience? Were there, are there artists that you look to or are impressed by, I would say, even? Well, certainly there are many artists I'm impressed by. Um, Toyina Giudutala, she's one of my main artists that, you know, I'm so impressed by her and her career. Um, another contemporary of mine, Ndidia Mefiela, she's also at Expo Chicago. But um, growing up, my dad collected art, but West African art that he collected, it's nothing like what I create. So I grew up around art, but nothing um, like, you know, Ariana's work, nothing like my work. It was, you know, maybe more sort of sculpture, wood, wooden-based, you know, sort of art. So everything kind of grew organically. And I knew very early on what I was not going to do was feed into the stereotypical paintings that are expected out of Africa, which is if you go to a marketplace, you know, for expats in Lagos, um, you will find paintings of women with loads on their head and babies on their backs, you know, walking alongside a stream or crowded buses on a city street, you know. And yes, that that is Africa too, but I wanted to show a different kind of Africa as well. You know, Africans that do go to Starbucks and have a whatever latte is new there now. You know, um, just showing modern Afropolitan people who are vibrant, who are, you know, milling around with, with, with you guys here. Mm-hmm. Um, I was not going to show that, um, that um, Africa of strife and suffering because, yes, that does exist, but that's everywhere. So I knew very early on I wanted to show a different face to, to Africa. Very nice. Pigment International's Black Canvas podcast is sponsored by Sun Fun You Mediterranean Voyages. Join Sun Fun You for a week yachting through the Mediterranean, learning about the art and culture of the region, and playing in the sea. For a relaxing vacation a world away, visit sunfunyou.com and sign up for a voyage next summer. Ariana, we were talking about the influences, specifically about your oil paintings and how you can go back in history and look at Baroque art and the like. So what kind of influences did you have for the work that you do? I, I've i always had like this um, interest with uh, this uh, Baroque painter, Spanish painter Murillo, and there were a lot of paintings of children eating fruit, little like little boys, and, and just and kind of smiles and like less something that was a little bit um, less austere, and it was kind of this joyful kindness about these paintings. Um, and in this type of like kind of, I think when you when that type of education is kind of embedded in the system, I think that's kind of what I was drawn to is that those types of subtle differences in the works. Um, and for me, I also am still, I'm very drawn to um, um, mannerist paintings and Baroque paintings, but in that sense of like those oil, those paintings and those being oil paintings, how they're built, like 
you kind of know who are the main characters of the mm-hmm. pieces. Um, and as I keep thinking about moving forward with my work, um, different other kinds of ways to access um, storytelling and be comfortable like with uh, different details kind of being discovered later. Um, so that's Keep what kind of draws for me. a while, and yeah. you see more and more. Yeah, in it. yeah. I think. I mean, even just. I mean, as walking around today, we've walked around probably past many pieces that like, and then other things have stood out, like mm-hmm. walking past similar booths. Um, yeah. There you go. Rewa, as you think about growing your career, um, I know you're working with several galleries across the world. What What's the arc that you see? How would you like your career to go? What's your, what kind of goals have you have set? set? Yeah, so I want my work, be, the underlying narrative for all my pieces, I name them, you know, with traditional Igbo names. I'm from the Igbo tribe of of, um, of Nigeria. And that's a culture I'm promoting heavily with my work. So although they look playful, they look modern. Um, if you delve deeper beneath the names and the story I talk about with each piece, I want viewers to learn a lot more, a bit more about my culture. Um, because I'm also learning myself. I grew up in England and I moved back, you know, recently. So I'm learning and I'm pushing out those learnings as well through my paintings. So, you know, big dreams, but I would love to go down in museum collections. Um, I would love for my work, most importantly, beyond museum collections, to be, you know, part of historical canon when people talk about West Africa. If anybody near us to come ever wanted to discover you know, about Nigeria, the West African region, and how women lived, and how we did our naming rights or our marital rights in, in Igbo culture, I would like for them to one day say, you know, maybe my son's in class, and they say, oh, you know, there's this artist, Rewa, and she talked about the marital rights, but she 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 portrayed them in such a way that was relatable to the current generation. Mm-hmm. You know, so I want them to be used um, for educational purposes, you know, years down the line. Um, you know, the whole thing is for the, for the beauty. They're very aesthetically pleasing, my paintings, I like to think so. It's for that to draw you in first. And then, you know, you get to learn more um, as you view each body of work and, and read the titles and read the, the meanings behind the titles. So that's that's most imperative for me, for me to go down in historical canon for West African art. Mm. Very nice. And I'll ask that same of you, Ariana. What, what, what kind of goals? I know you're at the beginning of your career. But what kinds of things are next for you? Is it more education, more um, more exhibitions? What are you looking to accomplish? My goal is to stay connected with um, me kind of like kind of if I was able to back up and see like the timeline of my work and like remember that this is like I really should be focusing on these certain people and the people, the people who love me, people who do um, help me make these pieces, like, I think that's what's really most important to me is just to keep working and just, like, have a lot of personal growth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, because I guess one thing I think it's been really fortunate is, like, I've been accepting, like, oh, everyone has a different kind of, like, um, a trajectory. And, like, for me, I'm, like, realizing, oh, I really want to get better at painting. Like, mm-hmm. I want, like, I want to continue to paint. And, like, mm-hmm. I say that in a, like, a really, like, excited way mm-hmm. um, that, like, okay, um, and whatever comes with that will mm-hmm. be will be fantastic. Very good. Riva, you're a mom as well. You're a wife. You're a mother. Mm-hmm. How does all that 
kind of pour into there. I'm waiting to see the baby turn up in a, <laughs> in a painting. So, so how does that I, fit? I keep my husband and my son, um, I keep my fam- my personal life, especially my son, very um, far removed from my work. Okay. I do not, I will not ever include my son. I will never say never, but it is highly unlikely I'll ever paint my son. Okay. It's also highly unlikely I'll ever paint my husband. Um, I keep them, the two of them, extremely private. So you won't see them on my social media platforms or anything. Um, but it is, I'm I'm fortunate to have a very supportive um, husband who, you know, he, he understands that I, you know, I may need to be here in Chicago. Um, I may need to be in Miami with you. And, you know, he supports that. He's he's one of my biggest cheerleaders. So it's it's very important to have somebody who doesn't, who isn't derisive about the arts because in Africa people tend to be. Um, there's still a mindset shift that has to happen because traditionally growing up, you're meant to be a doctor, lawyer, engineer, all one word. Right? We talked about we that, talked absolutely. About this, right. So the arts weren't or haven't traditionally been seen as a viable career choice, right? Um, so it's still a mindset, mindset shift happening. Um, so for me, it was so vital to have somebody you know, firmly my corner who believes in my work and believes in, in art as a career choice for me because most people in Nigeria do not. If mm-hmm. if somebody says his wife is an artist, it's it's sort of a derisive, you know, thing. But he's he's fully behind it. So um I'm grateful for that. It can be tough managing it, um managing it all. But um, you know, I, I get by and um it's it's good for me working from my studio because my son pops in and out. And it's lovely to have him. He's just like a ball of energy, you know. And he, what he's doing lately, he's only two. He's starting to emulate me. And I love that, you know. He he has his own corner. He has his own brushes, his own finger paints and things. And um, he, he sees what I do and he emulates. And I like that for him. I want him to grow up and see that the world is his oyster. If he wants to be an artist, okay. If he wants to be a ballet dancer, okay. If he wants to be a football player, if he wants to be an engineer, whatever he wants to do. But I just, I'm glad that he has his dad and me to kind of open him up to um, different career career choices. That's lovely. Mm. I'd like to say that creativity is the one thing that we can never fake. Yeah. And no matter how the world becomes automated or artificial intelligence dominates creativity, you can't you fake, can't fake that. that. Yeah. One thousand percent. Yeah. Ariana, have you seen anything, uh, any work that you're particularly loving at Expo? What have you seen? Uh, I've, I've I've seen some work around. Um, I really enjoyed the work of Stephen Towns down down the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, f- you know, for me, there's been a lot of a really kind of terrific relationship between seeing artists at the BMA, um, and then like kind of me coming here and seeing like this this repetition and like oh I'm I'm moving around. This work is really moving around. And so I, for to know. Um, Kind of what that kind of ecosystem it kind of involves is really um, just interesting. Um, but I was yeah really excited to see those pieces. Very good. Mm. Anybody's work that's moving you right now? I did see Indidi's work, um, and of course I'm a big fan of hers. Mm. Anybody's work just generally that uh, you've been seeing that you love? Any other artist um, anywhere? Anywhere. So I just came from DC. And at the Hirshhorn, they had Yayoi Kusama's um, moving, uh, traveling exhibition. And I love her. You know, she she does these zany polka dots. I don't know if you're familiar with her no. work. Oh. Nin- 93-year-old okay. uh, Yayoi Kusama. 
I think she's the highest paid living female artist of all time. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that was incredible. And it's mm -hmm. very immersive. You know, you have the mirrored rooms, you have the giant life-size pumpkins. Um, you know, it's very psychedelic. It's just beautiful. That was very exciting to me. Plus, you know, I'm obsessed with colors, so I just love to see that. But yeah, look her up, Yayoi Kusama. And then, of course, Toyin Ojiyo Dutala was that I caught the final weekend of a countervailing theory, her mm -hmm. exhibition at the Hirshhorn. And um, it was just such a thorough, well thought out um, exhibition that was so impressive to see. You can tell that she really sat down to craft a narrative around her pieces and a lot of work must have gone into that exhibition. Um, that was very impressive to me. Um, so those two have been top of mind. I can't get them out of, you know, out of my mind um, for now. But, you know, let's see how today goes. I, I plan on, you know, really stomping the ground today and catching some, some artists. Gerald Gibbs, I said I would go and see oh, his work. Oh, yes. Yes, mm -hmm. so I'll, I'll make a point to go and see that. So, yeah. It's interesting. Uh, Nick Cave has a big exhibition. Mm -hmm. We got to meet him and talk to him a little bit. He and his brother are doing something for the Museum of Contemporary Art here. So okay. we're pretty okay. excited. Yeah. Uh, the other person was uh, Chance the Rapper, did yes. a collaboration. I saw and that. we saw him mm -hmm. at the at the show. It's a pretty fun place to mm -hmm. be. Mm -hmm. Now, I'd like both of you to tell folks how they can find you. What are your handles? Uh, tell them, we'll start with you, Ariana, and tell us, tell people how they can find your work and maybe some things that you have coming up, some exhibitions if they want to, you know, check you out in Milwaukee. Yes, you can follow me on Instagram um, at Ariana Vaith. You can also find my work coming up at the Wisconsin Triennial at the Madison Museum of Contemporary Art uh, curated by Fatima Lasser. It's called Ain't I a Woman? And it opens April 23rd and will go up until October. Nice. And for you? Where is that? That is at, um, in Madison. Um, Wisconsin? Madison, yes, in Madison, Wisconsin. Right, okay. Thank you. So. <laughs> um, okay, for me, you can find me Art by Rewa, so R E W A, Art by Rewa. Um, my website is also artbyrewa.com. Um, exhibitions coming up. So I've got a duo show um, with a very talented artist, Megan Gabrielle, at the Buck Gallery. And that open, opening weekend, I think, is 8th, 8th of May, yes, in New York. So please come and check us out in Chelsea. I'll also be there in person. Um, I have a solo show coming up at um, Band of Ices Gallery in L.A. in September. Um, and then if for my Europeans, <laughs> my... Rep Gallery, Out of Africa Gallery from Barcelona opening a space in London. So August we have that opening in, in London. Space still to be, to be determined. And then I also have a duo show in Barcelona with the same gallery, Out of Africa Gallery, in December with Boris um, Angel. He's also very fashionable, <laughs> very colorful, yeah. so we complement each other well. So that's all. Um, that's coming up for me this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, please, please come by. I tend to be present at at my shows because I love to meet um, the people who have made time out to come come and see my work. So, yeah. Is the gallery the best way if people are interested in your work or can they come to your website as yeah, well? So my, my website, you can reach me via my website or Instagram. I tend to respond um, to direct messages or um, I have an agent, Raphael. There's a myriad of ways people can reach me. Yeah. My website, my my Instagram, or you can reach out to my galleries directly, or you can find my work on Artsy. Okay. Artsy. So if you just search me in Artsy, you'll, you'll pull up, you know, inventory if you wanted to see some pieces. 
Okay. And Ariana, any of those ways, do people contact you directly or are you represented as well? If people see your work and are interested in purchasing it? Yes, I have, I'm an artist in resident currently at Asia Fire Arts Gallery as an independent artist. So you can okay. reach out to me directly um, through my website, arianavaith.com, and find my email through there. Very good. Just before we close off, Patricia, sorry, I wanted to just touch on something Ariana just said and say I really respected that and admired what she said, where she said she just wanted to paint, you know, with subjects of people that love her, right? What... What was fascinating to me, so one thing I've made a mistake about, and sorry to take up more time necessary, but I just really wanted to highlight. I was going to ask you yeah. if you had anything for each other, yes. so this is perfect. Very important what she said. So with my short-lived career, but thankfully a very fortunate and blessed one, I will, I will put my self-validation as far as an artist, as far as being an artist goes on my next show or whether or not I'll be featured in a museum collection or, you know, a fair Right. And I'll work so hard towards that. And I think, you know, once this happens, I will feel like I finally arrived because, you know, I came into this quite late and I'm self-taught as well. So I struggle on both counts in that. We respect. talked about that. Yes. Mm -hmm. So I always look for these events to happen to me. And then that makes me feel happy in that moment in time. And it's a it's a stamp of validation. And what I realize is, OK, I work, work, work. The exhibition comes around or the fair comes around. I have this sense of euphoria. And then once it's done, I'm back down on my little square patch of earth, right? And I realized that wasn't healthy at all. And so earlier this year, I said to myself, beyond my wider goals of, you know, going down in history or whatever for, for Igbo people, I'm trying to practice what Ariana said in terms of just creating and self-improvement and creating for the love and the fun of it and whatever comes will come. And I actually wrote this down. So when you said it, I thought I must commend you on how intelligent and how... Um, how um, forward-looking that actually is prescient. because, um, yeah, it's very prescient. Um, so, you know, I think you you are definitely on the right path, and I'm glad I got to learn something from you today. Yeah. Very good. Anything you would like to share or to ask? <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Um, that was really uh, blew me away. <laughs> um, uh, it was – it's just really an honor to meet you, and um, – just listen to you speak and like how you speak of your work um, and where you are because it's like yeah it gives me ideas and pictures of like what what is possible and also image making wise and like where we draw inspiration from and reminiscing on what you said about like you're thinking of the musculature and like how like how you, I think your brush strokes or your mark making mm -hmm. is kind of replicating how like how the body is built. Mm -hmm. um, I think all that stuff is just really, just really juicy information <laughs> um, in making. So this was, I'm just so grateful for this conversation. <laughs> well, I'm grateful to both of you. Thank you for it's been amazing mm -hmm. to, to connect to artists. I think the one thing people said when they came to our booth that there was so much energy because yes. we have a lot of young, yes. you know, artists who are very excited about their work. And that gives us a lot of juice, mm -hmm. too. We're older and we have a lot of fun doing this because I think it keeps us plugged in, keeps mm -hmm. us young. It keeps us, mm -hmm. you know, moving forward. So thanks to both of you. No, thank you, honestly, Patricia, for everything you've done um, for the features and just for your welcome, both in Miami and now in Chicago. Isn't thank it you. amazing? It's amazing. <laughs> amazing. So thank you for that. Thank you. Mm -hmm. 
The original theme music for this podcast has been provided by contemporary jazz and R&B musician Reed. Thank you to Reed, our production partner, Rivet360, and sponsor, Sun Fun You, Mediterranean Voyages, for making this podcast possible.